Hi everybody. It is Monday here. Um, I just finished a hour-long cacao ceremony with this amazing group of people virtually and it inspired me to come on and record. And I'm just going to speak today from my heart and just let things flow as they're meant to. I think that's what a lot of these conversations from me are going to be, is just me shooting the breeze and talking about what's on my heart and what I have been contemplating over the last couple of days. I'm looking out my window right now and when we woke up this morning, it was a really gloomy, rainy day. And now the clouds have parted within the last hour and the sun's shining and things are drying up and it's turning into an absolutely beautiful day. Which automatically brings to my mind this idea that when things go wrong and when we are struggling with something, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, when negative things start happening in our lives, we can feel this cloudiness come over us, this darkness, without remembering that there will be light again. When we get so focused on that darkness, so focused on the negative things going on, we forget that there are so many positive things happening as well, that there is light, that there is hope, that there is joy. And how can we as a collective come through that darkness and enter into the light? And how can we do it for ourselves as well, not even as a collective, but just for us? So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share ways that you can help yourself through the darkness. And that's just my little spiel for the beginning of this recording today. Before I dive into a little bit more of my story, because I feel like it's it's time to fully express my story out loud. So you understand who I am and where I'm coming from and can connect with me on a deeper level. So it's not just another person doing a podcast because there's a lot of podcasts, but I want to make sure that this podcast is as open and honest as it can be and that you know who I am. Before I do that, however, I want to together breathe into our bodies for a moment. So if you're driving, please do not (laughs) close your eyes. Um, But if you are in a comfortable place where you're listening to this and have a moment to close your eyes or to find a soft gaze if closing your eyes does not feel comfortable, I invite you to do that now. And we'll bring both of our hands together at heart center. In yoga, we call this Anjali Mudra. It's also prayer. 
We'll take a deep breath into the body. Letting your whole body fill up and exhale out through your mouth. Another deep breath in through your nose. And exhale out. One more deep breath in. And exhale, release. As you take your next breath in, let go of anything that happened to you before listening to this podcast. Anything that's no longer serving you at this time in this space. Take one last deep breath in together. And let it out. And bringing back your eyesight, opening your eyes up, placing your hands back down. Welcome. Welcome to Heartfelt Healing Podcast. Welcome to the world of Emma Kate. Um, I guess it's time for me to share my story. So I am 30 years old, just to put that into perspective. So I've been Earthside for 30 years now. I'm in to my 31st year at this time. And I have definitely come through many different obstacles in my life. I don't regret any one of them. I know that they led me to the person that I am now. And for that, I am extremely grateful. But it doesn't take away from the pain and hurt that I had during certain times. I was... Just trying to think of like the best way to break down my life to you. Because this is totally not a planned podcast. I'm just talking as I go. Um, So... Hopefully you can meet that with understanding. I was born into a family of, I was the old, I'm the oldest of three. So I was born obviously as the firstborn um, to my wonderful parents. And I grew up in Queens, New York, where there was lots of hustle and bustle and things going on. And I got to spend the first two and a half years of my life with my parents together. And of course, I don't remember back to that, but from what I understand is I spent a lot of time with my mom and my dad. Um, My dad did work, but he would come home and spend time with me and my mom was always there. And I was not a child that... (laughs) rested. I had a very hard time napping from what my mom says. So to get me to relax, my parents filled my life with music. Um, And they used to sing to me as I was falling asleep at night in between nap times. And I know that 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 traveled into my life now. Um, And then at two and a half years old, my brother Sean was born. 
and he definitely shifted my life in a lot of ways, in a lot of amazing ways. Um, Sean is my stability. Not that my parents aren't, but I'll get a little bit further into that. Sean has been with me through all the ups and downs um, that life has thrown me. At a very young age, all the way into adulthood, he's still one of the first people that I call when something isn't great. And even when I'm celebrating something, he's one of the first people I contact. I am so grateful for my relationship with him. So we, we grew up from the day he was born until I was seven and he was four with both my parents. And then at seven years old, um, my parents split up. And at the time, I was so hurt by the fact that my parents were getting a divorce because at least what I remember and what I perceive is that they told me that they were never going to get divorced, that they'd always be together. And then they changed that. Um, and that was really hurtful and that's probably the first time in my life that I really understood what it means to break trust. And it's not like they purposely did it, but I did feel trust was broken at that point. Um, and it's also the same time that I was... We had learned as I started school that I had difficulty in focusing and had difficulty in learning the same way as other kids do. What I know now is everyone learns differently, but at the time I was diagnosed with a learned disability. I have dyslexia and dyscalculia. Um, I was diagnosed with both of those. For those who don't know what they are, dyslexia is a literacy issue. I had a hard time reading. I would see and still do look at the last letter of a word before I look at the first, but have since trained my brain to quickly move to the first letter and read um, as well as write. So I was diagnosed with that and then also dyscalculia and dyscalculia is the same type of visual issue and mental and memory with math um so i struggled with that and it slowed down my learning in school and i was also diagnosed with adhd a lot of people who are very spiritually connected have been diagnosed with adhd because our minds can't stay focused on one thing. Okay, I shouldn't say that they can't. They have a harder time in being focused. We can train ourselves to do that, to find focus, to find the balance, but we're thrown with an influx of different emotions and different feelings and different circumstances that cause it, cause us to have a harder time in focusing on one select thing. And I believe that part of my issue was that I had a hard time learning, so I was very frustrated with that. And then outside of that, there was a lot of changes happening in my life. 
So I was put on medication at seven years old. And that took away a lot of the con- a lot of what I feel was control. I wasn't I wasn't as creative as I had been. I wasn't as I mean, I still was creative, don't get me wrong. I still sang, I did still did a bunch of things during my childhood, but I didn't have that same playfulness that I had had when I was younger and wasn't on meds. Um, but I diverse, I digress, <laughs> not diverse. I digress, I... So that was just my childhood and I now notice as an adult and after doing a lot of introspection, and feeling things out that that contributed to a lot of my control issues in my childhood and young adult life. And I won't just a lot of changes happened when I was that young. My mom also introduced a new love into our world, who is my wonderful, wonderful stepmom, Debbie. Um, And I don't... Oh, this is hard to share because I don't want, like, it's, it's a weird thing when you start talking about your life and you know that lots of people are going to be able to listen to it. Growing up with two moms in the 90s was hard in itself. And then growing up with two moms who also had their own stuff going on is hard in itself. And I won't get very much into that, but there was a lot of things going on in our house in my mom's house. And then at the same time, my dad was dealing with the things that had happened in he and my mom's relationship. Um, But what's good is by the time I turned nine, he had met and fallen in love with my other stepmother. And I now look back and as much as I was hurt by the fact that my parents weren't together. I, as a 30-year-old woman, can say that I'm so blessed to have two parents who are in love with their significant others. Two parents who taught me what it means to love someone, even though it wasn't each other. And that I I was (laughs) surrounded by love my whole life. And yeah, um, so I'll be going back and forth a lot with what happened and how I feel about it now as I continue. So fast forward to when I was 13, I was in middle school. Oh no, I had just started high school. So throughout middle school and throughout elementary school, I was always part of the arts. I was singing and acting, I was in musicals and plays, and that part of my life definitely fed me in such a positive, beautiful way as it still does. I 
got into for high school, I got into an amazing, um, I got into an amazing performing arts high school, which I now see as a time in my life that was hard in a lot of ways, but it was also so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for that time. Um, I was a vocal major at Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Queens. And at 13, a lot of, as we go through, as anyone does, um, go through puberty, a lot of things can come to the surface. A lot of unhealed wounds can come to the surface and a lot of change happens. And even as an adult, uh, as a woman, you go through different cycles throughout your cycle, um, your moon cycle. And I see it now as me really dealing with a lot of the trauma, um, but I it came to light as depression. And I do come from a family who struggles with mental illness. And I so I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety at 13. And at the time I lived in that space um, of being depressed. I took my medication every day, I did what I needed to do, but I didn't, the only time that I didn't feel that was when I was with my friends or when I was singing. Um, And even with my family too, there was a lot of good times. I shouldn't say that there wasn't, but I definitely struggled through most of my teenage years. Um, If you have seen uh, 13 Reasons Why, I was, the way that they portray Hannah is really, really dramatized, um, as in my opinion, but it really dives into what it's like being a teenage girl and a lot of the perception stuff that goes on. There's a plane passing overhead right now. Um, so I perceived a lot of what was going on in my life in a negative way emotionally with my friends with I dealt with a lot of issues with girls in school I dealt with a lot of issues with relationships with guys and um it really stuck with me even to now um it's interesting I was on that cacao ceremony that I was just on we were talking about talking to and healing and sitting with our teenage selves and think this upcoming week I'm really going to dedicate my time to doing that is to sitting with her and being with her as I am now with the understanding that I have but she was definitely dealing with a lot Um, and that only got heightened as I entered into my young adult life and as I entered into college I experimented a lot with alcohol and drugs that I should not have experimented with. Um, Well, I shouldn't say I should not have. I did. And again, this part of my life is one that propelled me into who I am now. And I don't regret it, but it did separate me more from my true self in a lot of ways. And I got... I was angry with my childhood, I was angry about rejection, I was angry about a lot of things, and that I numbed myself for a long time with the use of drugs and alcohol to come away from that. 
Um, and that's another part of my life that I definitely feel I need to dive into and hug. And I, and I have done a lot of work on it, but there's more that I need to do. Um, one thing that you will learn about me as we continue forward is that I'm very, I'm very good at analyzing myself. Um, in a lot of ways, that's a good thing, and many of you may be as well, but in a lot of ways, you can overanalyze. So I've learned a lot of skills to help me in not overanalyzing any longer and just being able to sit and then move on. So I, at, I'll fast forward a bit. Um, at 23 years old, I went to this amazing doctor actually on my 23rd birthday who I can honestly say is the reason that I am the way that I am now. She looked at me and she said, none of this is your fault. Nothing that happened to you is your fault. And I'm going to help you in figuring out what works best for you. And maybe that won't be medication any longer. Maybe it will, but we're going to figure it out together. And she, after hearing my story, stated that she saw a lot of connection with borderline personality disorder and me. I have since realized that I don't have a... Borderline personality disorder connects a lot with PTSD. And there's a new saying for PTSD that I don't remember and I need to get that and clarify, but I was it was brought up that I did struggle with that. Um and at the time it was very hurtful for my parents to hear that that was the case because a lot of it has to do with the stress and trauma that happened in your childhood. Um and now I understand it as the way that I perceive things and the triggers that I have correspond with the way that I perceived things. So when she finally said that is when I decided that I was going to make a change. I was still struggling a lot and I remember one day my stepmom, who, Debbie, who also had a lot of struggles, I, she said something to me that I will never forget. I was in the midst of one of my triggers, reactions, um, that sends me sent me basically into a temper tantrum as if I was a three-year-old. Um, and I was in the midst of one and she got down on my level because I was on the floor and she looked me straight in the eyes and she said, you have a choice. You can either live with this, you can live as you are now, you can continue to be this way and feel the way that you do, or you can change, or you can, or you can do something to make this better. And that's when I made the choice that I was going to do that. And it was hard and it, it took me moving out of New York and Moving, into moving to Pennsylvania where I am now. And at the time I was in a relationship that wasn't good for either one of us. Um, 
And that also triggered a lot and brought up a lot and made me heal a lot. <laughs> um, but I made the choice that I was going to start doing that work to heal it. So even though I was having a lot of shit going on, even though I was dealing with a lot, I was dedicated to being better. So I started going to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition not long after I moved up here and learning about ways to heal myself with food and with breath work and with the spiritual part of my life. Um, and I was still on meds at the time, but still working with my doctor. And then five years ago now, I met, um, I br had broken up with my past relation with my relationship. My relationship had ended and I moved into an apartment with my friend who I was working with. And that's when I really felt like the shift was happening for me. That I was able to enter into who I, who I am and heal. And I started doing this amazing holistic health program that really helped my body in releasing toxins and dealing with all the underlying health issues because I had lots of them from Lyme's disease to chronic fatigue to thyroid issues. The list went on and on because I was I learned understand it now as me holding on to a lot of trauma within my body. Um, I also had struggled for most of my life with disordered eating and disordered body image, so body dysmorphia, um, which is brought on by a control. And I understand that to be that now. So I started doing a lot of work on myself and on my thoughts and even nutrition-wise, and I started to heal. And about two weeks into starting this program, I met who I am with now. Um, and I'm not going to share his name just yet. For those who are listening who know him, obviously, you know who he is. But he's a very private person, so um, I won't share much except to say that he and I have come through major journey together over the last five years. We have healed a lot. We're still learning every day in ways to help ourselves and to help each other. And I am so... I'm going to start crying. I am so grateful for him. Because I don't... We are very different, but with our differences comes so much love. And he has just let me blossom into the person that I am now without shutting me down for being her. Um... So thank you. <laughs> I have since still deal with all the things that I listed, but I am not on medication any longer. I use plant medicine to help me in healing. I use meditation. I use breath work. I still have a very balanced diet. I am, I've transitioned into a vegan lifestyle for the last two years. Um, and I'm in the midst of doing this beautiful spiritual practice with cacao and with my friend, Freedom, 
who I hope that I can get on for a podcast at some point over the next couple of years. <laughs> well, years, but hopefully over the next couple of months, she'll be able to jump on with me and we can talk about what this was like for me um, and what she does, what type of work she does, because it's really powerful. Um, but yeah, I have definitely... During that time as well, I went through my yoga teacher training. I'm a 500-hour yoga instructor. I have met such wonderful people in a time that I when in time that I felt very alone and very myself. These people pulled me out of my shell and made me realize that it's okay to be fully me. And I am so grateful for them and for their love. Um, and I hope to have some of my favorite yoga instructors and my teachers come on and do a podcast with me as well. And I just, I, I've also dived into being a kids yoga instructor, which has changed my life in so many beautiful, beautiful ways. Dealing with all of the things that I did with as a child, I want to make sure that children are given the opportunity to learn the skills that they need to not carry around as much trauma as I did. So I know that to be part of my life's purpose. Another part is to share my voice and to share my story, which I'm doing right now. Um, It's actually unbelievable that I just spoke all of this out to you because I've been wanting to for so long, but I've been fearful of the way that people will take what I say. so I'm, I'm not going to go on much longer. I just wanted to share my story with you. And hopefully I've inspired you to jump on and to learn different skills from me that I've learned over the years to really help in healing. Um, I'll be doing some episodes that are simply just me talking and talking about what's been going on. And then I'll also do episodes where we focus in on certain skills and things that we can do to help with myself, by myself and by others as well, having other friends come on and talk. So thank you (laughs) if you've made it through this whole 30 minutes of listening to me speak. Thank you for listening to my story. Please know that I am in no way angry about what had happened. I am not looking for sympathy. I simply want other people to know that if they're going through or have gone through something that they're not alone um, and that there are ways that you can bring light to your life. It's taken me over 20 years of therapy and work to be who I am now and I would love to help you in starting your journey or continuing on with your journey. So thank you all again for listening. I love you and I want to share something, my voice with you for a moment before we end. Um, Little side note, I'm a little bit congested now but I feel like during this time in our lives, during this quarantine, that it's really important to spread love and light out to everyone. And I'm going to sing a song. Um, it's a it's a Sanskrit chant, and it translates to "May all beings everywhere be happy and free." That's Loka Samasta Sukino Biavantu, and I'll begin. Find a comfortable seat again if you would like and close your eyes. May all beings everywhere be happy and free. 
May all beings everywhere be happy and free. May all beings everywhere be happy and free. May all beings everywhere be happy and free. Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu. Thank you all. Have a wonderful rest of your Monday. I will talk to you all soon. Thank you.